Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bruiser, baby. Oh, oh, oh. Opon Whisbrew style. Hey, is hey. it 2012? Is it that easy to come up with a parody? <laughs> hey, <laughs> holding baby. Oh, oh, oh. Najin Ochikyung style. Inkan Jokin Yocha. Keopi Hanjan Yeyo Yuron Nen Pump Yak in Yun Yun. Yeah, Bami Amyam Shimjangi. Kuran Ba Jun Inyan Yoja Nanyan Sana Eh Yaje Nun. I can't, I can't, I can't. And of course, who could forget the DK rap? Hit it, April! No, no, deny. <laughs> I use a counter spell. I, I, I reverse. <laughs> oh, no, we're not, not here to talk go. about the DK rap, which we will now be doing a full episode on at some point in the future. <laughs> we'll get there. It's my new snorks. Uh, but until that time, um, I will be tortured by Jake's many uh, digging up uh, the, the many digging ups of Gangnam Style parody v- videos that I had to suffer at this last Sunday study session. Uh, April, uh, courtesy if you can of just one play Jake a Young. couple of bars of uh, Let the Gangnam Hit the Floor, I already sent you the link. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, What else is there to say? This is an episode about Psy, though. It's not just an episode about Gangnam Style. It is a really fascinating story. This guy has a really interesting journey to get to Gangnam Style. And there's a few different stories here. There's the story of K-pop breaking into the US of A and, and the rest of the... And going global in general. There's the story of something, you know... Not just going viral, but going massively viral, and like the science behind that, and what what the math behind that, and like how something goes viral. Not and and Gangnam Style is a great example because it went so fucking viral. It's one of the top ten YouTube most viewed YouTube videos ever. Weirdly, and by the way, look at that list. It is a sea of children's songs. Mm-hmm. It's like Baby Shark and stuff. It's just stuff that 
parent de- brain dead parents and i'm one of them put on just to try to uh you know trick their child into being docile for a few minutes so dishes can be washed and then there's Psy gangnam style uh up there as well um i mean let's get into the gush on this oh well okay from the get-go um like, I obviously heard about Gangnam Style through the uh, woodwork. Uh, you know, I was on, all, I don't even, I don't even, I think it was, I don't even know if it was Reddit yet. It might have been Dig, but uh, between Twitter. No way. I mean, you like, think it was 2012? Yeah, I don't know. Were you know. at Dorkly? Were you at Dorkly at this point? I was not at Dorkly yet. I think I told the story in the past, but um, I was like working temp jobs. I definitely saw it on YouTube. And a yeah. uh, friend of the show, Adam Conover, uh, was just got hired as a writer for College Humor, and he was like, hey, have you seen this Gangnam Style thing? Uh, I want to do a parody of it, uh, Mitt Romney style. And it's, uh, <laughs> and I was like, but he's like, is it viral enough? Are people going to know about it? Like, it wasn't the one billion view thing yet. It was just like yeah. a thing T-Pain had tweeted at this yeah. point. And I was like, yes. Yes, it has literally the magic sauce. It is like funny. It is weird. It is memorable. It's catchy. And like the even the things that the song is parroting, which is like a aloof rich person not realizing that they're lame uh, mirrors like Mitt Romney's whole presidential campaign with his like weird Mormon corporate background. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And well, like, hey, well, come on. Let's get let's hear a bit of it. Come on. April. All right, a little Hit bit it. of Mitt Romney style. Cause I'm so fucking awesome Bitch, it's Friday night You know we benefit Hop and check my spit You, us consumption I got distinguished hair And a private jet That flies me way up in the air Buy and sell your company With so much savoir-faire I bought a mansion For each one of my two dozen heirs Straight up millionaire Romney style. Romney style. And like (laughs) that took months to make and like set up and film. And so like they were they posted it right when the wave was like fully cresting, when there were flash mobs, when everybody and their mother had heard of it, when he was on Ellen, when he was doing New Year's Eve, when he was doing the American Music Awards. It was fucking everywhere, bro. In the most John Candy camp candy way possible everywhere it was impossible to avoid and it was the first time i felt like i saw um i saw the the loop of content mm-hmm. in front of my very eyes like cuz i remember seeing all the people who now i would i would refer to as influencers i didn't realize it at the time i guess i don't want to name names but you know who they were there were just beacons of like if something like Gangnam Style come out, 
they have to put a video out of them doing the dance. And this is obviously something that is now, you know, mm-hmm. just completely normalized with like TikTok and everything. It's like its own lane. Mm-hmm. But like back then it was like, oh, I get it now. Like you get enough people to like you and then you just wait for something like Gangnam Style to happen. And then you just do you doing the dance so that <laughs> they can see you doing the dance. And then everybody at school is doing the dance, mm-hmm. you know? It's, I mean, Old Town Road, there's like, now it is a very common phenomenon. Yes. And I think the song itself lends itself to parody because people don't really, you know, uh, I I don't want to like paint with a broad brush here, but like for, I'm going to say a majority of Americans, like the idea of Korea was like, wait, you mean there's there's more than Chinese and Japanese? I don't understand. Uh-huh. Like, also, uh, I didn't even know what the song was about until we did this episode. So it mm. is this interesting, like blank slate. I think right. for a lot of people, it's to just wrapped, operate so off you, of. It's wrapped, so you don't need to sing to do a cover of it. Right. Even the chorus itself, you literally can just replace anything and just call it. Uh, Librarian style. Yeah. I put the books away. I, You know I like to shelve them. Don't take a poop in the stacks because it's hella bad. I don't know why you got to keep the overdue <laughs> books late, even though I'm great. <laughs> Librarian style. And that style. is actually a really accurate representation of what that song <laughs> would be, including all the awkward phrasings yeah. and everything, Jake. Perfect. Yeah. It's yeah, that you can easy. Do I, what I, I was not trying to show off my improvisation skills. I was trying to show how easy it is. Yeah, yeah. It ain't easy being green because I am froggy. I sit in a swamp and sometimes it gets real foggy. Yeah. I think that is <laughs> I think that it is good to hang out with the Muppets and the people and did down with it. Oh, oh. Up a Kermit style. Up a Kermit style. (laughs) (laughs) So what's interesting about the whole phenomenon is that it fits on the surface level a lot of people's preconceived notions about East Asia, which is like, oh, it's weird. Like, oh, crazy anime. Crazy Japanese commercials. But the fact of the matter is, is the music video has... A near perfect, like, setup punchline, setup punchline, visual gags the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Sai is commanding the screen. He has all this swagger. And, like, in a uh, world where all the other K-pop companies, you know, this was the era, I, 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 if you are even remotely familiar with K-pop, this was an era of titans that were making uh, waves. There was Big Bang. There was EXO. There was Shiny. Girls' Generation. Yeah. To Anyone. Like, all of these huge I, I don't know if that's second or third generation don't yell and at honestly, me k-pop stands we're not going to spend as much time in the history of k-pop but i just want to direct you to a companion episode if you're really more interested in that as the setup for all this and that would be our blackpink episode we got very into like mm-hmm. the full history of how k-pop we're not came even to gonna be. mention seo taiji and the boys <laughs> except this one not, time except that one time so in this universe where like you had this these waves of like perfectly chiseled young people dancing in full synchronicity with these like, you know, showing off their skin, showing off their sexuality, showing off just how cool they are. They couldn't break through. And here is who is this, basically the Korean Jack Black, uh, like just coming in and being like, oh, he's kind of chubby, but he moves with uh, but he's got confidence in his moves. That's funny. Just coming in. And just kind of taking us all for a ride and being 
relatively equipped to take on that ride. And it's uh, he's come up with tons of songs since then. Uh, Gentlemen, uh, Daddy, uh, Napal Baji, uh, That That just came out with uh, yeah. Suga from uh, BTS. BTS. Like, he has been producing multi-hundred million view hits this entire yeah. time. And people think of him as, you know, it's been 10 years since Gangnam Style. Like, oh, here's this flash in the pan. But he actually has an intense story of like highs and lows and shame and struggle. Created his own label. Yeah, he started out as like a kind of a rebel, a bad boy in like South Korean like hip-hop. I would say a rich party boy that did not want to take over his father's semiconductor business. But other than that. But he wants to kill those Yankees, Jake. Let's oh. not forget. Yes, uh, we. There's a weird uh, kind of turn, uh, anti-American turn uh, earlier on in his career. You say weird anti-American turn. I say normal reaction to the Iraq War. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) also genuine, normal ass, genuine reaction from South Korea uh, to the Iraq War for sure. Um, But yeah, I you know, yeah, it's just not so cut and dry, and he wasn't factory like label made in the same way that I feel like these other groups mm-hmm. have been made. Like he, he's just, and yes, but also, yeah, he Gangnam style, like the Gangnam district, we'll get more into it, but the Gangnam district of South Korea, that's where he grew up. It was a very hoity toity, fancy part of South Korea, the fanciest part, very much likened to Beverly Hills uh, in California, just a big Uber rich situation came from a lot of money. And, you know, I will say at least he did rebel uh, initially, too, against what he was was supposed to do, which is take over his father's company, decided to get into music, Um, you know, and and so, yeah, he he's this really bizarre figure that interestingly enough ended up in America for school, too, for a little while before even like getting into the whole K-pop thing. Oh, I think that has to do with his success. It's no accident that, like, he actually could speak English and, like, Mm -hmm. was influenced by all these uh, English language artists and uh, hip hop creators. Like, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and then it comes back, goes back over. I don't think he ever thought that this would happen per se. I think it's a guy who stayed in his lane, who, like, figured out his sound, which was, came to culmination with Gangnam Style. And has since really just kept on with that sound and aesthetic and everything. And I think adding the comedy in was the final step. And and it, it just now you have this guy who's like not like overweight per se or like out of shape, but he just has like a pudgy look to him. He mm-hmm. doesn't look like Anybody in BTS, for example, yes. or most big pop stars in America, right? Mm-hmm. He's got like a funny kind of, you know, uh, uh, underdog almost look, like uh, or a silly like look. But then he brings this confidence to the part, and is also self aware enough to not be self serious and make fun of all of that. And it's just this perfect combination that became explosively popular all over the world. And and I think it's like, you can't have... I mean, if you look at like everything that goes viral on YouTube, most of it is has comedy. Mm-hmm. Most of it is surprisingly silly and, and uh, out of nowhere funny, right? Mm-hmm. Like something you could never conjure before. Nothing like... 
yeah, and I think that the the foreignness of South Korea of K-pop, I agree, really helped propel this into this giant like just viral explosion that swept the country. I don't know if I've seen anything like it since. Definitely not before. I don't know if I've seen anything hit like Gangnam Style. Like everybody was doing the dance. Mm-hmm. Maybe Fortnite is like the best example there's of something. Fortnite. There's the Harlem Shake. There's Despacito. Like we, but none of, even the Harlem Shake and shit. Not not like Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style was parents knew about it. Everyone knew about it. That was the thing. It got like the parents were doing the dance. That's mm-hmm. when you know it's like crazy popular. You know, it just everyone, every age group, everyone knew about it. And man, did it get fucking annoying after a little while. <laughs> what? No. I to the I thought this song would get annoying uh, doing research this week. I've been listening to tons of Psy this whole week. Yeah, And me too. I was legit still tapping my toes, like just thinking about all the clever little hooks and earworms in that song. It is a toe tapper. It's kind of like when we did our Daft Punk episode, and I was like, finally, it's been long enough that I can like appreciate Get Lucky again because mm-hmm. it's not playing in every single bodega and shopping, you know, mall or whatever that you go to. Uh, in the same vein, I can like really enjoy Gangnam Style, but you know what? I can really enjoy his other stuff almost more. I really like Daddy. Mm-hmm. I think the track New Face is a fucking banger. Um, yeah, that that is really strong too. The newest one. But yeah, he's got a bunch of great, great uh, tracks. And throwing on his albums, they don't have, you know, there's also really strong tracks that don't have a big music video dance move effort behind them that are solid as hell. I mean, he's a great, you know, mus- musician in his own right. He's a great, he's a great artist. In his own right. And I love that he is just, God damn, he just put out his ninth album. Um, he's, you know, anybody who has a Gangnam Style like can just stop. Yeah. They can just quit. And instead he is like, not only is he keep continuing to go, but it's not like sad. Mm. You know what I mean? He's continuing to put out music and he's continuing to put out these like really fun videos and all this stuff. But like you said, they're still getting hundreds of millions of views. He's the figurehead of P nation records now. Yeah. He's got his own label and, you know, doing a lot of fun stuff with that and working really hard as that kind of found his footing as a manager in his own right, which is really cool to see as well. Uh, ended up becoming this businessman that his dad probably always wanted him to be like somehow like ass backwards. Um, but, but yeah, he's really, um, you know, he's really continuing, continue to thrive as an artist to, to be, you know, to have an insane output and not like do this sad thing where he's try- either embraces just being the Gangnam style guy uh, and just does that everywhere to this day. I, he doesn't do that, and and he d- it d- isn't necessarily trying to make like Gangnam Style two. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I, and I have quotes to back that up from him because you can look at a song like Daddy for sure. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's trying to be I another mean, Gangnam Gentleman Style. Gentleman is very Gangnam Gentleman's Style. Gentleman's very very yeah, and and there is like a a similar drive and vibe, but at the same time, I think he's just making music. And doing dances and stuff that he just finds fun and knows he can make a ton of money on in big K-pop concert arenas and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And the fun thing for him is like he can just continue to be a massive K-pop star in South Korea. Like 
He yes, he's broken through. He did the thing. He definitely like made made the move and got all over the world in a way that no one else had uh, out of K-pop uh, at that point, and many have now since, which is awesome to see. But um, man, I mean, he just seems like. He did it right. He seems like he's continuing to do it right. And it's cool to see. We are in we are still living through the Hallyu wave of Korean culture breaking through yeah. across the world. And, you know, uh, not 20 years ago, if you were a Korean kid out in Chicago or in California uh, and you brought your mom's kimchi with you to your school lunch, like you'd get made fun of. You'd be like, who brought the stinky vegetables uh, you know, you'd be people on the bus would be like out of the way, Chinese person like you just <laughs> were genuinely like you felt like your culture wasn't seen. You felt like uh, an outsider. And for the first time, Korean culture is like well known. It is one of the most dominant uh, media producers in the world. And Sai had a not inconsequential part of that transformation. And it's like kind of an amazing thing that this chubby dude doing a horsey dance actually changed the world we live in. And I think that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah it's kind of amazing. But how, so, Holton, how did he come to be? How did he do it? How did he do Nobody it? Nobody well, edited out me saying, how did he come? And then just stopping the sentence there. <laughs> well, we'll talk about how that man came all over the place. By Jake. screaming directly at a woman's butt. That's how. <laughs> uh, well, let's get into it. Sai born Park J. Sang on December 31st, 1977, right? Mm-hmm. Tip of the year there. His parents were pretty well off, as I said before, with his father being the executive chairman of a corporation that made semiconductor manufacturing equipment. DI Corporation. If you want to make a processor that goes into a toaster and you want to make sure it doesn't explode, you buy a DI Corporation testing unit. Indeed. And his mother was the owner of several restaurants in the Gangnam District of Seoul, of Seoul South Korea. Ha ha. Corrected myself there. Seoul, South Korea. The greater Gangnam area is known for its heavy concentration of wealth. As we mentioned, the real estate there is super expensive. Apartments average at around $10,000. The area is also well known for its high standard of education and is considered the national capital of education in South Korea. It also boasts a very fancy shopping district with stuff like Vera Wang Bridal, Korea, uh, Cartier Maison, and more. It's like, it's highfalutin. Highfalutin, nincy pincy, fancy wancy. Sai mm-hmm. uh, did not enjoy said luxury education, however, and quickly became a class clown. Sai said, I bothered a lot of my classmates during class because I didn't like going to class. Some of the kids even sent me threatening letters that said if I bothered them once more, they wouldn't stay put. And a teacher recalled of oh, Sai. I love this quote. <laughs> I remember Sai making a lot of sexual jokes during class. He had uh, such a big influence that he would drive the entire class to his jokes. I disliked him at the time, but looking back, he added a great energy to the class. Yeah, right. I'm sure. Yeah, now he's now, now it's cool. Now that he's this giant deal. Um, he was drawn to American and British pop music at an early age. He'd watch a Korean TV show that played a lot of that to soak up as much as possible. But there was one particular performance that would change his life forever. And that was when he saw on television at the age of 15, Queen performing at Wembley Stadium in 1986. Sai said, my lifetime role model and hero is Freddie Mercury of Queen. His songwriting skills, I cannot even approach. But his showmanship, I learned it from videos. He also admitted 
at that moment, I was not that good at music, not that good a singer. I was just a funny dancer. So there we go to start comedy and doing funny dances. His parents did make him take clarinet lessons throughout his childhood, though. So he had some vague understanding of music. In theory, I guess. And he'll get a little bit more when he goes to the U.S. for college. But at first, he's all set up to take over his father's company, as one would in that situation, for sure, especially in South Korea. This is a huge trope in Korean culture, the uh, the idea of the chai bowl, the conglomerate and uh, that is passed down from father to son. Uh, you know, companies like Hyundai and uh, Samsung that you've heard of, all of these giant corporations are kind of the axis on which uh, Korean, the Korean economy kind of spins on. And, uh, you know, you are from the moment you're born, you kind of have to expect to either work for one of those chibles or inherit them if you are privileged enough. And uh, Sai talked about how he really had no interest in this, but he was literally the only male heir in his family. And like he was kind mm. of under the gun to do so, to like take over. Yeah. And it's, in, you know, I mean, he's going to go on to later, not just have daddy, but he does have a, also a really genuinely sweet song called Father later mm -hmm. in life. Um, and it goes to show that it seems like one would think he would have had a contentious relationship with his dad trying to get him to, you know, one would think there'd be a lot of disappointment there oh. and uh, when he just decides to pursue music and stuff like that. But it seems like they ended up, I guess, not having too bad a relationship because he'd end up, you know, uh, doing tributes to him later in life. Well, he describes his father as a very conservative man. And if he was the head of a corporation during this period in the uh, history of the Korean government, and economy, uh, you know, at this point during his childhood, the government was under the control of like a military dictatorship at this point. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until the late 80s that they democratized and uh, K-pop kind of came into being because finally they could uh, be exposed to more delinquent forms of music from the West. Um, the, uh, you know, it's. To, it was the, the the that generation went through a lot of shit and kind of built that economy through like pure grit, determination and the blessing of the U.S. government. So like it all like, you know, it's a, we talked about this with the uh, Bong Joon-ho, uh, director Bong episode as well, that like this Gen X kind of uh, generation in Korea had a, had like the weight of their entire history on this, their shoulders. And they finally had this window to actually express themselves and yearn for uh, creativity and freedom that was previously denied. Listening to your favorite podcast. That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire university. That's really smart with 24 seven access to coursework, no set class times and dedicated student support. You can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba. 
So he goes to Boston University in 1996 to study business administration. However, he quickly loses interest in that because he is a rich party boy. And he ends up spending all of his tuition money on instruments, a computer, a MIDI interface, a bunch of just like entertainment Mm -hmm. gear and party shit. Like he's just going ham. (laughs) And no one knew that he went to college in Boston um, because he didn't actually go to class. He like no one remembers him on, on either of these campuses. He ends up uh, dropping out of BU and moves over to the Berkeley College of Music and takes a core curriculum in ear training, contemporary writing, music synthesis, but also, again, was a bit of a ghost in class because he's just getting fucking loaded. Sai said, I was at Berkeley College of Music in Boston. I was at Berkeley College of Music in Boston, but I was a freshman for four years. Class was too early for me. Yeah, freshman for four years. I was so fresh, you know? <laughs> what he mainly got out of going to school at Boston in the 90s was an education in hip-hop. According to Psy, I literally heard hip-hop every day on the radio. I thought, oh, if I cannot sing that well, I gotta rap. Then I can be the front man. And thus, the whole Psy aesthetic is essentially born. We're gonna rap, we're gonna dance like a crazy animal, and it's gonna be funny, and it's gonna be fueled with comedy, Mm -hmm. and there you go. That's what he comes back with. Yeah, the things he comes back from America with is A, the realization that if he can't sing and he's not pretty, uh, he better be funny and rap is like yeah. kind of and, and be an MC because also mm-hmm. I'm guessing that like he was a bit of a, a you know a, a figure in the party scene out there a little bit. I think he was able to figure out how to be a bit of a life of the party in that way, and that really actually does feed into what makes him so successful later, even though it is the kind of thing that like you would look at um, uh, at that age and be like, this guy is just totally fucking off. And, and there's just a great tw- uh, 2012 talk that Cy gave at Oxford, where he basically breaks down his life story from his perspective. And he relates that during his time in Berkeley, where he wasn't going to class, he barely saw the sun. He was uh, just sitting in his room playing with all those toys he bought and just composing all of these beats and songs to try and like get his hip hop career off the ground. And uh, on a vacation back to his home in Korea, he went from uh, entertainment company to entertainment company because uh, this was the first generation of K-pop was coming up. The hip hop influences from the democratization and the opening up of Korean culture was like creating all these new companies and nobody would bite. Nobody wanted his songs. He said he had a hundred songs that he brought to all these companies and no one hired him as a composer. And he said to himself, well, if nobody's going to buy my songs, I'll buy my songs and I'll perform them. And that's how I'll get them out there. So with a new direction in mind, Psy returns to South Korea to enter the rap game there and gets discovered by ZOPD, a South Korean rapper that saw success with his first album titled In Stardom, put out in early 1999, which peaked at number two on the Korean music charts. Psy is featured on a track on ZOPD's follow-up album, In Stardom version 2.0. His name is short, by the way, uh, for Psycho. Uh, Psy is, that is. And he later explained what I thought I, uh, what I thought was, you know, crazy about music, dancing, performance. So that kind of psycho. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's where, and, and he is listed as Psy at this point. So this, his name was, his name was there from the very beginning. He tells a story about, uh, again, trying to make a name for himself and not getting anywhere. And he needed some kind of heat. He needed something to get him noticed. So he actually walked into one of the national uh, television 
uh, studios in Korea. And he was aware that on a specific floor, all the producers and directors like worked in their cubicles during the day. So he made his way into the building and just started dancing his ass off next to a boombox, just making a scene, literally yelling, <laughs> look at me, look at me, and just <laughs> popping and locking and doing everything he could to get noticed. A bunch of producers and directors came out and were like, what are you doing? Please stop. This is weird. And one producer actually said, hey, wait, what do you call that dance move? I've never seen that before. This is crazy. What do you, what? Ah, Tell you what, come on my show. We're doing a variety show. Come on over. And he actually got his first nationally televised appearance. I kind of love that actually the the little kid in his video for Gang of Style, uh, it's like he was able to return the favor and did kind of the same thing for that kid. Oh, and we'll yeah. get to that in a bit. The day of the show, he was mm-hmm. uh, so sweaty from the studio lights <laughs> that he popped off his jacket revealing a sleeveless dress shirt underneath. And he claims that the intensity of his dance moves mixed with the fact that like nobody had ever seen out of shape bare arms on Korean television up until that <laughs> point gave him enough notice and got him the uh, the reputation as the bizarre dancer, the weird uh, hip hop guy that that got him the seed to release his first album. We as a people are obsessed with watching someone physically who looks like they should not be able to <laughs> dance like that dance like that it is just something clicks in our heads this euphoric feeling washes over us and yada 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 you're listening to megan trainer for the fifth time that week and you're like (laughs) how did this happen (laughs) it is so funny how it just is so uh addictive uh like and never ending ceaselessly entertaining also in 2000 Psy released his first album titled Psy from the psycho world uh you can actually check this out on uh, Spotify and uh, other spots like that. This was quite different from the big-time family-friendly K-pop he became known for later on. In fact, his first big single single on that album is Say, S-A-E, and uh, probably pronouncing that wrong. And according to soulbeats.com, it means bird in Korean. The story behind the song's title is an intrigue is an intriguing one. Uh, I believe this is uh, from the actual website. The story behind the song's title is an intriguing one. K-pop song translation site Pop Gassa, which is currently translating size older songs and answering my prayers in the process, explained that Joe is also a word for bird in Korean and that saying Joe Duessa sounds similar to the phrase Jot Duessa, which means I'm fucked. <laughs> in order to avoid censorship, Sai substituted the synonym say so that the original meaning was retained without offending sensibilities. This phrase, say Dwesa, uh, has been translated to mean a more euphemistic, I'm screwed. And the lyrics are about a shallow woman who is playing with his heart, uh, Sai's heart, and Sai was actually fined for inappropriate content for the song. However, the Korean music scene embraced Sai's unique sound and performance style, which was bursting with confidence and energy, what he'd be known for in that sense. The album and uh, his follow-up, released in 2002, titled Sisa 2, means cheap uh both featured simple rap beats more reflective of hip-hop in america in the late 90s slash early 2000s um the singles on that are on that record are say two and singo sick uh the later of which is pretty banging actually let's get a let's let's hear some singo sick right now is that dilemma I'm wondering if I'm not you, sure if you tuned in on the same song that I thought was a banger. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, Singo Sick. Um, 
but either way, it was it, it, he's got it's pr- some pretty hot stuff in those early albums. And I would definitely recommend checking out that stuff that he was putting out early on. It's quite different, much more you know kind of gangster rap inspired for sure. Uh, but unfortunately for Psy, before he could promote this album, he is arrested for marijuana and thrown in jail. Sai said, I smoked something that my country strictly prohibits. I didn't realize I was doing something wrong until I got arrested. To tell you the truth, I was 25 years old back then, and I was scared as hell. My mother said, I knew you were going to cause trouble. Then she left. My father shook my hand and said, take this opportunity to quit smoking cigarettes. Then he left, too. The gut punch of this moment was exacerbated by the death of Sai's grandfather, whom he was quite close to, and missing the man's funeral devastated Sai. I will regret this for the rest of my life, because my grandpa loved me so much, and I couldn't be there for him when he was on his deathbed. This is a big turning point for, for Sai in his career. He describes sure. being on the floor of his prison cell, bawling his eyes out, realizing that he like had fucked up so severely. And uh, yeah, definitely, definitely one of those things like he's this rich party boy kind of goes off and fucks off his his college mm-hmm. years, comes back, is like, I'm going to do this like kind of edgy, pushing boundaries, hip hop. I'm going to, you know, obviously he's like he's enjoying the weed, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Which obviously is not that big of a deal. But in South Korea, especially back then, definitely a huge deal. Kind of more up there with harder drugs that we know, I think, in terms of the repercussions and stuff. Um and yeah, I think that this was a big wake up call for him to say, like, what am I doing here? Like, am I what do I want to do with this with this this gift of dance and song? <laughs> and so now he's a controversial uh, now he's a controversial figure in Korea, uh, both because of his prison sentence and the hard edge sound and lyrics from his first two albums. So when he gets out of jail, he actually lays low for a while. He avoids the public eye. And it's actually, I uh, apparently this is the case, it's a serendipitous moment that brought him back when he was out on the streets supporting Korea during the 2002 World Cup and a reporter did a brief interview with him that reintroduced him to the public. Uh, and I think maybe inspired by this moment, or, or maybe he was already working on it at the time, he releases Champion. Uh, this is the lead single from his third album, Three Psy, which was a bit of a reversal from the first two albums. It laid the groundwork for that more upbeat, enthusiastic, mm-hmm. high-energy sound he'd become known for and caught on quite easily in South Korea with all the hype surrounding the World Cup at the time. This would be his breakthrough in the music industry. Uh, this was a certified hit. He won music programs. He uh, had a hit video with it. Uh, and I know what you're... We're, we'll play a little bit of it. And I know what you're thinking. Hey, yeah. isn't that Axel F from Beverly Hills Cop? Isn't that the Crazy Frog song? No, the Crazy Frog song came out two years after this. Fucking Psy was first to the do, 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 Yes, that is true. I thought you were going to be like, hey, isn't that the N-word a bunch? Oh, also, if you this is one of the first times you've been listening to K-pop, you're going to hear a word, niga, which is the Korean word for you. That is the Korean word for you, and it shows up. you are. Yeah, it shows up a ton in Korean music, and if you are not ready for that, it might be very unsettling. I... It's it's just a thing. It's just what especially because it's rap. So you're like, wait, mm-hmm. is it, it really seems like it, but it's not. It's totally not. Don't think it is, please. Uh, but yeah, Although let's hear some champion. He did listen to a lot of hip hop and did speak fluent English. Did has led some people to be like, you know what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> April hit it. 진정 즐길 줄 아는 여러분이 이 나라의 챔피언입니다. 하. <laughs> 
찔러는 사람 오늘 술래 다같이 빙글빙글 강강 술래 술래 함성이 터져 매알이 퍼져 파도 타고 모두에게 퍼져 커져 아름다운 젊음이 갈라져 있던 땅덩어리 둥굴게 둥굴게 둥 in 2003, Psy had to perform his mandatory wait, military Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. One more amazing song. I sure. love this album. Three My or Three Psy. Album. is, Three and Psy. is the, the first two albums are like very down the middle, like rap albums, like sure. fun beats. But like, you know, it just didn't have like as many hooks. This one, I just genuinely listened to the whole way through and loved it. Uh, the track Celebrities, I believe it's track number four is also great. Uh <laughs> Uh, this uh, track eleven, bitch, is really great. Uh, it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's a very good. If you're like if you if you if you yearn to return to that classic size style. Three Mai is a great place to start. So in 2003, Sai had to perform his mandatory military service, uh, which he managed to get released from early in 2005 due to him working at a software development company. I guess I think was that. Well, we'll get into it as the South Korean government grants exceptions to those with technical expertise working in company that serve the national interest. Yeah, that I mean, I know his dad worked for a, is uh, the head of a semiconductor company, but he has no background in engineering, which is the job yeah. he got hired for that. That's weird. That's interesting. His very, very rich, affluent parents somehow may be connected to that situation. Well, it's going to come back to bite him in the ass in just a little bit. We'll talk about it. But in 2005, he married his girlfriend of three years, uh, Yoon Hyun, and uh, held his first all-night stand concert, which would be a tradition for him in South Korea. You can actually look this up on YouTube. It is one of those. It's just a big affair. He comes out and like boxing uh, robe and stuff. He, a big like boxing ring kind of comes up from the stage as he performs his first song. It, it's definitely seeing him like become transform into this giant pop star. Like oh. he is fully arrived at, at the, at the all night stand. The Freddie Mercury influence is there. Like he commands a stage and like yeah. on his own, you know, he's not part of nine boys working in unison as a single unit. Uh-huh. He is like, he's there. He's the defiant. fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, it's it's really fun to watch. definitely check that out if you're curious about, you know, his earlier career and everything. But just as Sai's wife gave birth to two twin daughters, Sai ended up back on the public chopping block. Yet again, he was ordered back to the army, this time for active duty, uh, as the powers that be deemed him to not have served out his time in the military properly. So, yeah, that was all just a sham, right? The The software. Okay. There's two things that really worked against him. Uh, One is that uh, even though he was supposed to be uh, deferring his military service because he had this full-time engineering job, he still uh, was releasing albums, doing tour dates, and receiving awards all the time uh, to the point where if you did the math, there is no way he could hold down a full-time job while doing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and number two, uh, it was proven that his uncle bribed the head of the company that he was supposed to be working for to hire him. Of course. <laughs> so, of course. Ah, what are you going to do? Uh, he claims that his wife is the one that uh, pushed him to fess up and not make a stink about things. She says, the sigh I know would just do what's right. <laughs> and that, and so, yeah, he's ordered a 20 months uh, for that. And that put a huge stop to his pop career for a few years. But after that, apparently it was also his wife who persuaded him to sign with YG Entertainment. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked a lot about YG Entertainment on the Black Pink episode. Again, check that out. 
out. It's a good companion piece to this episode. And this hit-making company, of course, started out heavily in hip-hop. Uh, they were just starting to see major success with idol groups like Big Bang and To Anyone. Uh, the first girl group that they formed in uh, was in 2009, which was the same year that Psy ends up signing with them. Uh, on the back of this, he releases Psy 5, um, and the lead track from that is Right Now. And with Right Now, we see Psy's full turn towards comedy, with him dancing around in a supermarket in a muscle costume, climbing over cubicles in the office. The song also gives us that intensity we've come to know Psy for. Champion kind of was the beginning of that effort, but we really see it come to fruition with Right Now. I, f- I genuinely feel like with an alternate music video, uh, Right mm. Now could have been the Gangnam Style hit because it has right. that driving EDM beat. It has that like swagger. It has that like toe tapping, just just full, catchy, uh, fully produced, amazing kind of thing. Actually, April, I, I hate to yeah. do this to you. Play yeah. a little bit of Right Now. Oh. <laughs> It's just the yeah, music video is doesn't have the same like setup punchline setup punchline comedy yeah, to it. Yeah, it's close though. There's there you you know, a the like even just the cinematography and everything. It's mm-hmm. it's this is the first joint, you know, the first music video done with YG's backing, the budget mm-hmm. is obviously much more there for this video as opposed to like the video for Champion. Um, and and you see the DNA for sure. Like it is definitely like the starting the, the the kind of the beginning of what Gangnam Style is going to like fully accomplish in terms of aesthetic and everything for Psy. YG really did kind of save Psy uh, in a big way. The uh, founder, uh, Yang Hun Suk, is, uh, was a friend of his and kind of took a risk on him. But also, like you mentioned, with Big Bang, To Anyone, other artists like One Time, uh, G-Dragon, who's a member of, uh, of uh, Big Bang, like they were riding high and had the funding and marketing and just the sheer infrastructure to actually support and make these big hits and give Psy uh, kind of the tools to become an international star. And so now that the stage has been set with size big return to K-pop, new humorous approach, bigger budgeted affairs via YG Entertainment, and even a shift in his rapping and lyrics to become more high energy and more family friendly, Psy releases his sixth album, Size Best Sixth, and included on that album is Gangnam Style. Sai said, Gangnam is a territory in Seoul, Korea. I describe it as noble at the daytime and going crazy at the nighttime. I compare ladies to the territory. So noble in the daytime, going crazy at the nighttime. And the lyric says, I am the right guy for the lady who is like that. That's the literal meaning of the song. But Sai is also making fun of folks here that try to put on airs. He also says, people who are actually from Gangnam never proclaim that they are. It's only the posers and wannabes that put on these airs and say that they are Gangnam style. So this song is actually poking fun at those kinds of people who are trying very hard to be something that they're not. And I do think the video reflects that. Of course, the song itself wouldn't be as huge without the signature dance that goes along with it that had every influence in their mother uh, creating it, recreating it uh, for likes online. Sai said, 
I studied hard to find something new. I spent like a month to find the horse dance. We are just at the studio, me and my choreographers. We are spending like 30 nights and we are thinking, what is my next dance move? Because in Korea, there are huge expectations about my dancing. So it was a lot of pressure. They had apparently worked through a very, uh, through, through a bunch of <laughs> different animal inspired mm-hmm. dances before they got to the horse rider dance. I know one of the animals they tried was camel, uh-huh. and I just yearned to figure out what that humpy move could have been. I know. I would have loved to know that. I think alligator maybe yeah. was one as well. But regardless, the uh, wh- one of the things that I feel like uh, people get wrong about Gangnam Style is that the uh, chorus is opan with an N, mm. Gangnam Style. Uh, the way that Korean uh, honorifics and, uh, and uh, tenses work it's a kind of possessive form of opa, which means uh, big brother. It's a term that, like, I, for the nearest approximation, it's kind of like, ooh, daddy. Like, it's a, a term of affection that a younger woman has for a slightly older man. Um, and so it's opan Gangnam style, which is like your boy, your daddy's Gangnam style. And that's uh-huh. like... Uh, that's and the theme of the song is like I want a girl who's classy in the day but freaky at night. I'm a guy uh-huh. who's like, hey, listen, I can drink a whole cup of coffee before it even cools down. Uh, like I'm, <laughs> I may not have muscles, but my ideas are swole. Like it's a very <laughs> silly song, and it's it very is very silly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, that and I never knew that it was. Uh, I had n- I never looked up the lyrics or anything and realized like. That he was comparing like people to the city and the way that it acts. And it also makes so much sense that Gangnam Style is the type of place where like it's all very highfalutin and fancy and businessy in the daytime. But at nighttime, of course, everybody gets fucking hammered, including Sai himself, who said his favorite hobby is drinking. Um, a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the aspects of his personality, it's like he makes music and he gets hammered. And those are the things that Sai likes to do. Uh, of course, the, um, uh, or I was going to say, Asai said, I released this song on July 15 and I didn't see anything for 10 days. After 10 days, I saw some ripples on YouTube and other languages. A lot of celebrities celebrated my video on Twitter. At the time, I realized this was happening. While Sai claims he did not expect this to become a viral hit overseas, it should be noted that a breakthrough into markets outside South Korea and Japan had been a hugely calculated effort by YG Entertainment. They set up an office in America before this. They even went ahead and brokered a deal with Scooter Braun. Ooh, evil Scooter Braun, by the way. Unbelievable mm. that he would make it into this tale of, of the great and wonderful Sai. Yes, that's right. Taylor Swift's nemesis, Scooter Braun, uh, was set up up to be the manager for Psy and a bunch of YG acts already. Um, and yeah, they they were even, they were like working with like Will I, Will I, Will I Am, uh, is that how you say his stupid name? Yes. Uh, from Black Eyed Peas on, on stuff. It's actually pronounced Fergie. <laughs> uh, before Gangnam Style before Gangnam Style they worked tirelessly to get 2.5 million subscribers for their mini YouTube channels and had amassed well over a billion views on their videos on those channels in preparation for that one big hit to blast the label and K-pop into the stratosphere so you lay that out but like around the 2000s there were tons of uh, entertainment companies all vying like YouTube was a huge pl- growing platform there was a massive uh, K-pop audience out there all over the world but like jyp made huge uh 
inroads trying to get Wonder Girls to pop in America. Mm. SM Entertainment was pushing Boa and releasing English language uh, singles with her. And none of them hit. None of them were making any marks. I think, A, uh, the American music audience was still reeling from the boy band boom and saw these like uh-huh. highly slick pop acts as like, uh, you know, girly or uh, very or like, oh, that's not manly. Oh, that's like uh, a feat. That's that's not, you know, that's not cool. Uh, it's it really uh, a lot of these acts like did not learn English as a even a second language. And so even when they recorded English songs, it was hard for them to enunciate and make themselves understood. Um, and the I really think it was Psy in the music video. The uh, director of the music video is a woman named Cho Soo-hyun. And she worked with like real like actual like sexy pop acts of the time, shiny girls generation. Uh, they, she like really just nailed all the little set pieces in this. You know, we start with the, him getting sunned by a beautiful woman in what looks like a beach, but it's actually like a playground. We see him like, uh, working with like dancing with two beautiful women, but then like there's trash flowing in his face. He's like on a party bus, but then you notice the party bus is actually full of old people. Like every single like bit in the music video is a. I keep saying this: set up punchline, set up punchline. It holds yeah. your attention, and Cy just a is, constant visual feast of of like f- you know physical comedy and just surprising elements in a humor way. Like yeah. one of the most important elements for comedy is surprise. And I think that this uh, this does a great job of that. The guy uh, hip thrusting over him in the elevator, for instance, is just, it's like a surprising image you just do would not expect that kind of says like, hey, South Korea is like a wild and crazy place, guys. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And the music video is actually jam-packed with Korean celebrities. Yes. And it's, uh, you know, for example, uh, the old men that are playing like that board game before it explodes are actually members of Big Bang, Daesung, and Sungri. Uh, Sungri was later brought low by the Burning Sun scandal that involved international prostitutes and horrifying oh, things. Oh, yeah. As well as the guy. head of YG Entertainment. Uh, and Sai narrowly dodged a bullet with that whole scandal. Wow. Like, he was connected, but nothing came back to him. Um, but, like, he knew all those people involved in that. Uh, even the guy that was like dancing with him, I find this so funny. Uh, the guy in yellow who shows up in like the like supercar Ferrari, I don't know what it is, is actually uh, UJ Suck, 
who is like the James Corden of Korea. He hosts all these popular talk shows. He's a beloved comedian and he ended up getting flown to America and everybody thought he was a backup dancer because they just had no clue who the fuck this guy was. He was just the guy with the goofy wig and a yellow suit from Gangnam Style. Same with the guy in the elevator seems like this big random situation, but actually he's another uh, variety show host named uh, No Hong Chu uh, and his big thing is his pelvic thrusts. Uh, <laughs> that's like his signature. And so that was just uh, calling that out as, as like a big fun cameo as well. You mentioned Huang Min Woo, the uh, little Michael Jackson dancer kid from the beginning yes. of the music video uh like Psy, he was noticed on a talent show and career and uh Psy personally called him up after seeing him on the show and was like hey we're shooting this music video why don't you come and do your thing this may be exaggeration for the story but apparently that was the night before they were supposed to shoot mm. uh he saw him on tv and then got him to come out and uh dance for the video and uh, also uh huna is the k-pop star featured as well she would end up getting signed um on size label when he creates it and uh, she had some hits in her own right. I was actually really into Ice Cream mm. uh, back when that was coming out. Her last big single that I remember is I'm Not Cool. And that is like a very <laughs> weird but entrancing uh, K-pop song if you ever want to listen to She's that. She's an interesting star. She doesn't have like the the best or biggest voice. Mm-hmm. She's just kind of, but she has a whole aesthetic that's just really like entrancing and everything. She makes that AKA bubble She's pop. really hot. <laughs> Yeah, she's got she's got something going on there. But uh, regardless, um, just to give you a little play by play, because I'm really fascinated by this. Right. I think that it still is a thing, but there was a really obnoxious time in entertainment, especially back around this time with stuff popping like uh, Gangnam Style, where there were all these companies trying to force something to become viral or like Mm -hmm. figure out the science behind going viral as if you could like recreate it in a lab. And I think that was always like the biggest misstep was like trying to force something into virality, if that is a word. But it is very fascinating to track it and to see what makes something pop like this on this level, because it is really like there's a lot of stuff out there. And for something like this to rise above, it takes a bunch of pieces falling into place. Uh, the video receives over 500,000 views on the first day, which is pretty big, but most of that is in their normal markets. On July 26th, Gizmodo puts out an article about the song that gives it its first bump, uh, especially over in the States. Then Gawker does a story on the song. I miss blogs. God, I miss I blogs know, right? so much. Yeah, yeah, largely led at first by these websites where people every day have to put something out there on the site. You open uh, your Google just, Reader. You got all the blogs yeah. ready to go. You're like, oh constant, boy, time to read content my blogs. Mill. And so, you know, they're like, what is this crazy ass music video? Let's do a story on that so I could get my fucking 60 bucks. Uh, but regardless, um, Gawker does a, a story in the song. It gets traction on July 30th, followed by articles in Billboard, Huffington Post, and even TV spots on CNN and Sky News. Then YouTube Trends does a piece on the video, making it their video video of the month on August 7th, which is when the celebrities like Katy Perry, Britney Spears, and Tom Cruise, and many more, they get a hold of it, and they start doing their influencer thing. They're tweeting about it, they're commenting on it, and that just is what creates this gigantic windfall. From digital agency 10 Yetis that did an analysis on how the video went viral, we have this little tidbit. This has been a really interesting piece of research, and I will admit to being skeptical about the manipulation of the figures from YG Entertainment. 
But it is really clear that the campaign was well thought out, well executed, and we at 10 Yetis doff our cap to Psy and the YG Entertainment team. Many online marketing and analysts cited celebrity tweets as the reason behind the Gangnam Style success, but this was clearly wrong. Celebrity tweets did not happen until after the initial spikes in traffic, which is largely instrument, uh, uh, largely an effort from YG and Psy and the way that they they essentially created a roadmap with the way that they released that thing and got the word out on that thing for a lot of big, you know, single releases for for artists moving forward in the future. I know in the Oxford talks, Cy talks about being on the plane to Los Angeles to like meet with Scooter. Uh, the, or he, Ooh, Scooter Braun. He who will not be named. The the swift enemy. The Voldemort of... Actually, Dr. Luke's kind of the Voldemort yeah, of the music yeah, But you know, he's up there. And he's he bad. realized like, oh, are they going to ask me to make an English version? And he's like, I'm never going to be the best English language pop star. I, if I do that, like, I will actually just make myself a lesser version of myself. If I'm going like to be that. a Korean artist, I will be the best Korean artist I can be. And people, if people don't like it, like then it wasn't meant to be. And if people really do like what I'm doing, they'll like me in Korean. And that was like a very interesting thing that he said. Kind of one of the things I was thinking about or, or getting at initially when I was praising his, you know, uh, his sticking with his vibe and everything and kind of staying true to himself. I, I see that because he 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 continued to put stuff out as a, specifically as a K-pop star. And even though, yes, obviously daddy and efforts like that were a bit of a, a follow-up to Gangnam Style for sure, or major, majorly a follow-up to Gangnam Style with the signature dances and the kind of just the song structure itself. But that said, yeah, I, he never did that thing where he's like, I'm an American pop star now, guys. Mm-hmm. And it just, it would have not, It would. I think I agree. I don't think it would have worked. I think it would have been awkward and yeah. But he did still carry himself with like a sense of humor and wit and everything. Uh, He would do his own interviews on talk shows and talk about his influences and talk about how he uh, felt about his newfound fame. He famously did a performance for um, uh, Barack Obama for like a white house nationally televised Christmas. And he just starts singing chestnuts roasting on an open fire and then goes like, Oh no, wait a minute. You want me to dance? And then just launches into Gundam style. (laughs) Yeah, it's ironic that, uh, you know, there were flash mobs. He showed up in Australia, in France, in Singapore, like the world wanted as much fucking sigh as they could get. And he was willing to give it to him to the point where, like, the whole circus of it all kind of put him out of commission for three years until he could release his follow up, which ironically enough, the uh, EP that uh, uh the EP that Gangnam Style was on was actually titled Psy 6, Six Rules, Part 1. And he just, in, in, in interviews, were like, yeah, after all this blew up, I was like, whatever is next is not part two of Gangnam Style. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like doing something new. And so his uh, next album was... Uh, the seventh album, Chillip Saida. I will say he also did have to put out a statement um, about the thing we brought up earlier. Oh. He did a concert. Um, I think this was in 2004? 2002. Maybe? This was 2002. Okay. It was He was still the bad boy. He had not been humbled. He had not been um, uh, kind of reshifting his focus to more pop and more agreeable hits. Um, he it was a... Uh, it was a concert, a protest concert against the Iraq war. And 
against a incident in which uh, U.S. Army soldiers were uh, declared not guilty after running over two Korean girls with a military vehicle, even though uh-huh. they, like, by all accounts of evidence, they were not supposed to be there. So like, there's a lot of outrage towards Americans at this time in South Korea, and he is involved in a, in a concert that was just very much an anti-American uh, concert. He 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 sings this. It's a metal group, right, out of South Korea. He sings a song by a metal group called like Next, and yeah. uh, he shows up with his face painted entirely in gold. He uh, picks up <laughs> a cardboard model of an American tank and smashes it on the ground and s- breaks up the pieces with a mic stand. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of funny though. It's yeah. kind of fun to watch. And he he sings about like killing Yankees and all this kind of stuff and. You know, I, what I love the is the lyrics like, are translated as kill those Yankees who have been torturing Iraqi captives, kill those Yankees who ordered them to torture. Uh, there's disagreement on the translation. Some say he's saying kill their daughters, mothers and fathers, kill them all slowly and painfully. Others say that the Korean uh, lyrics actually translate to they killed daughters, mothers and fathers you, like they killed them slowly and painfully. It's up to debate. I'm not a. I know nothing about the Korean language besides that. I mean, one I'm just kind of glad that I didn't even really hear about this. He did have to put out a statement apologizing for it. It obviously didn't have that big of an effect on his career. And I don't think it should. I think it's, it's, it's to, you know, it was several, several years in the past. There's actually like a, an understandable reason for mm-hmm. them being upset. So I don't know. I love there's so like the website that uh, hosted the original video is no longer around, but the original clip that was taken and caused the controversy is still up on YouTube. It's still on YouTube, And all yeah, the comments, funny. if you go on oldest comments, if you look for the oldest comments, they're like, oh my God, how dare he? Or like, this is unacceptable. Or like, he should respect the troops. And now if you go by newest comments, all of them are just like, holy shit, size based, based, based size, size rules, size right. <laughs> It's so fun. Anyways, uh, yeah, so then we have Gentleman. It has that similar high-energy build to the chorus. Uh, It has Psy shouting, I'm a mother-father gentleman uh, in the chorus as well. Literally doing that thing where it sounds like he's saying something dirtier than he actually is. And it's accompanied by this hip sway and knee lunge dance that uh, maybe not as addictive as the horsey dance, but still very fun. Psy said, I'm just going to do what I got to do, which is make a great dance song along with a funny video and some stupid dance moves or something. If people like it, that's good. (laughs) Though Psy understood that he would never surpass the explosive success of Gangnam Style, he said, after Gangnam Style, I was really happy, but sometimes I was not happy because that's my lifetime biggest song, and I'm not going to top that song forever. For a while, uh, I kind of felt a little bit of pressure, like, how can I top that one? I thought about being me, not the Gangnam guy or whatever. I was focused on finding myself. Uh, And so, yeah, this is, yes, the music video does bring back some of the folks we saw in Gangnam Style. Uh, It has Psy doing a lot of very ungentlemanly things throughout the video. Again, a lot of setup punchline (laughs) of a simple concept of he's talking about being a gentleman, but he's, let's say, pulling the seat from uh, from out from under the lady when she goes to sit down. (laughs) Things like that. Whereas in Gangnam Style, the joke is he's kind of doofy. In this video, it's just like, watch how many women I can just like 
hit be an asshole too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, but still, I mean, the video has over 1.5 billion views at this time. It was definitely a solid follow up, and it is a really fun, infectious uh, song and 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 dance and all that good stuff. Um, and you know, it definitely just it set the template for him. And I love that he is also admitting he's never gonna. I mean, the 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 thing with Gangnam Style, I feel like in thinking about all this the like randomness seemingly mm-hmm. to Amer- the american audience and the around the world and the U- let's just say the youtube audience like the the even like the 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 structure of the song and the high energy approach that sai has once we've seen it and processed it in gangnam style he would have to do something almost completely different to like find that success again on the level that he had with Gangnam Style. But also, that it became the most viewed video on YouTube history um, in November of 2012, and surpassing Justin Bieber's Baby, which was previously the most. And it took years for Justin Bieber's Baby to get to that level, and it took months for Size Gangnam Style to get to that level. It currently boasts over 4.5 billion views. It is in the top 10 most viewed videos ever still. In 2022, 10 years later, I mean, they're really, it's just, it's, it's absurd to even think you could top that. If you split it up over the course of its entire run, at least 1.4 million people a day have watched Gangnam Style. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. And I love that he is, you know, and that makes sense because he seems self-aware. So, you know, just from his comedy, Mm -hmm. like, obviously he'd be uh, understanding that, like, he's not going to make four more Gangnam Styles or even try to. Psy then teams with Snoop Dogg in 2014 for the track Hangover about what Psy's favorite hobby is, drinking. Uh, Psy's seventh album released at the end of 2015. It was probably the best uh, follow-up to Gangnam Style that he's put out since with the track Daddy. I got it from my daddy. I got it from my daddy. That dance is so good. (laughs) I like that dance better, I think. And uh, video and uh, maybe video and everything. It features a super eye-popping music video. Psy as himself a young version of himself and an old man version as well Sai said as soon as i came up with the song what i thought of was the movie austin powers and dr evil and mini me that movie is one of my favorite movies of all time and what i thought was oh maybe that kind of weird daddy and son thing can be great besides i thought about oh maybe i gotta go with the grandpa too and the dance is really wild and fun that flail goes perfectly with the big chorus and you know at this point he also even admitted he's like at this point i'm just putting out new music to like fill out my concerts Mm -hmm. because i can't just have one song that everybody's there to see i've got to get through an entire show so uh, he's not necessarily trying to follow up on gangnam style he's just trying to get enough uh bangers out there so that when people go see him they're not just trying waiting for the one song which he said obviously i'm not going to do gangnam style until the very end of the show so i need something to fill that space and that's like his number one reason because he at the end of the day he's a showman and he just wants to get out there and, and perform um, and in 2017, Psy put out his eighth album, Four Times Two Equals Eight. And uh, the lead singles on that are I Love It and New Face. Oh, New Face is so good. New Face is great. Hey, let's hear some New Face. April, hit it. Oh, 
궁금했어 설레서 나 서로서 totally a banger awesome stuff i i love you know 2017 he put he's he actually we still have another album uh uh to mention he's very very um consistent i would say about side in 2019 he founds the p nation label and actually uh among the first artists that he book is uh he books is huna uh from the original music video as well as jesse who was a uh kind of half Kind of born in New York, raised in New Jersey, uh, Korean American rapper and singer who has had a ton of huge hits. Uh, Nunu Nana, uh, just a different kind of beat, like everything. I really appreciate Jesse, and I love her music, and she fits right in in that uh, P Nation family. Although she did recently leave the uh, label because her contract was up, but whatever. <laughs> it's uh, he, like I mentioned, he managed to skirt all the shit from the. Um, uh, Burning Sun scandal and his live shows are only getting bigger and better in 2018 he does the Summer of Swag mm-hmm. which was these giant outdoor concerts with like massive fire hoses and snow machines and just and he invests a lot of his own money into yeah. these things is like millions of dollars into making these like incredible events happen which again it's like hell yeah he got to finally get, get, come to fruition this like party boy dream of his of just putting on these like giant party shows if you watch footage from some of the these uh, massive outdoor Korean concerts. He he's done it. He has like from the little boy watching Queen at uh, Wembley Stadium to now he has like in completely embodied that like Freddie Mercury pop god crowd going nuts energy like he did it he also you know became like i said the manager the businessman in his own right that he was set up to be by his father from the very beginning with that uh p entertainment there's been a reality competition show uh titled called loud in 2021 to form the label's first boy group uh they would end up being named tnx which stands for the new six uh and they put out their first mini album in march of this year 2021 And he talks about how he kind of got lost into the kind of he got lost a little bit into the the business role for a while. And I mean, it kind of coincided with pandemic as well. It's probably a good time to kind of get more into the business side of things and kind of beef that up over on his label. But uh, he talked about how he was like, I'm used to living like 100 days out of the year as an artist. And uh, for a few years there, I was not doing anything like that. And it was really that uh, lead single from his newest album, Side Ninth, called That That. Uh, which he does featuring, uh, like you said, Suga from BTS, that he said really brought him back to the artist fold. And uh, so that, I mean, that was very recent um, that he he put that out. Unfortunate lyrics in that song. I think he opens it up with like, 2022 pandemic's over. Let's get crazy. And I'm like, Ugh. well, the polio and monkeypox might have something to say about that. The uh, Just a weird footnote to this whole story is uh, even though I, a lot of, I think, his career was based on his own kind of apprehension about taking over his father's company, uh, in 2012... The uh, on the heels of all the heat from Gangnam Style, uh, the DI Corporation that his father is still the executive chairman of uh, surged to 113 billion won in value based on the song. It actually uh, since 2012 shares of the corporation have uh, multiplied eightfold in value 
And he, uh, along with his uh, father, uncle, and grandmother, owns 30% of the company's stock. So, like, he did well by way of his dad and by way of the company, even by not doing anything of, val- of like, work for the company. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, there you have it. I think that brings us up to date on the history of Psy and the incredible journey that he went on to go from a party boy, rich boy to the most gigantic name in YouTube. Uh, And for a little while there in poppy music, I mean, it was kind of incredible how he was, uh, you know, how he charted in the States Mm -hmm. over some of the biggest pop acts, you know, that we have here. It was kind of, it's just an incredible thing. And, you know, Love or hate Gangnam Style, uh, A, it's absolutely a banger. There's no reason to hate it. B, um, it is why we have the crossover of K-pop into popularity here in the U.S. and around the world. Um, undoubtedly, I think. I mean, there's a lot of other things that were happening. It's you know, there's a lot of other efforts out there, and you know, you've got Blackpink and BTS and all these groups. Espa, SCT, NCT One Two Seven, NCT Dream, NCTU, Wavy. <laughs> there's tons of stuff, but at the end of the day, he's the he's the 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 spark. He's the spark that fucking made the that made the fucking bomb go off yeah. for sure. Um, and and I love that. And you know, as much as like. I'm glad I can now like embrace Gangnam Style for what it is. I think it at the time I almost resented it because like it was more not it wasn't because of Gangnam Style though. It was because like of how annoying people were about viral shit mm-hmm. in the business back then. And I think now that's really leveled out. And I think you can really appreciate uh, what that video and song is. And uh, man, I mean, it still fucking hits, man. And so does a lot of his other tracks. Go check out his albums. They're on Spotify. There's a lot of great stuff on there that you, you haven't heard. And I highly recommend going through those albums. And, you know, at least those lead singles from the past few albums are all fucking hits, man. They're great, great, fun tracks. I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm imagining an alternate universe where, like, Amish paradise becomes a hit in Korea. And there's all these like <laughs> teachers and parents and kids being like, this is so crazy. This guy's so weird. Americans are <laughs> sure are silly. <laughs> yeah, totally. Holden, I think it's time to plug. Yeah, let's do it. Yo, thanks so much for uh, t- hanging out with us for our episode on Psy. If you'd like to support us further, patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. Uh, we do bonus weekly episodes for just $5 a month. For $15 a month, you can join us over on our Discord uh, for our Sunday study session this last Sunday. You know, we watched a bunch of Psy music videos it was and a blast. way too many Gangnam Style parodies. Uh, it's just, uh, what, do you want to hit him with another one, uh, Jake? Uh, a- April, can you take us out with, uh, the Wiz Khalifa, Charlie Puth mashup, uh, saw you again? <laughs> By the way, we didn't ever have the actual song play. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> they know. They know. Who's going to be like, what's this Gangnam song they keep talking about? I've never heard it. <laughs> All right, but before we get to that, uh, I just want to say, if you'd like to follow me further, twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators Ho. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Friday streams, twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators Ho. Uh, Jake? Uh, Twitch and YouTube, Puppet Jared. It's my VTuber channel, and the flagship stream is the Thursday Cartoon Dumpster. Go to twitch.tv slash Puppet Jared, youtube.com slash Puppet Jared. Every Thursday night, I watch a bunch of weird old cartoons uh, from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s that are sure to make your brain go gugaga, huh? And it's a very good time. If you like the show, you like the stream, check it out. Twitch.tv slash Puppet Jared, youtube.com slash Puppet Jared. 
All right. And always remember, never stop bruising. And keep on whizzing. April, hit it! Those were the days, hard work forever pays Now I see you in a better place in a better place. Uh, how can we not talk about family when family's all that we got Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side And now you're gonna be with me for the last ride It's been a long day, I'll show you This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.